Welcome to my Creative Corner 3. This is the inaugural podcast, and I wanted to talk about why my Creative Corner, why quilting, and a little bit about my life in a northern town. It all started probably blogging about eight years ago. The title, My Creative Corner, was something I wanted to show that I was really doing all kinds of art and craft projects at the time. And quite honestly, I picked my creative corner, my creative corner one and two. And then when I got to three, it was a title that wasn't already taken. So I stuck with my creative corner three about eight years ago. I decided to blog to show progress on projects I had made to keep track of tutorials and ideas that I had. It was also a way to document finished projects and unfinished projects and a little bit about what was going on in my life for family who lived out of town. Sewing was something that I didn't really have a big passion for until recently, but creativity was something that I always had done. Um, as a child, we'd go to the library, I'd check out books, make projects, do all kinds of coloring, arts and crafts, and I did have a sewing machine at a young age, made clothes for my Barbie doll, dolls, and eventually did take a 4-H class on garment making. It was about that time that we had a very long winter, and I missed nearly a month of school due to blizzards. This was in the mid-70s. So polyester fabrics were very, very popular, and my mother inherited a very large scrap bag from family or friends. People were having babies and we made very simple square block quilts. Nothing but squares that were probably about six inches in size. We sewed them together. I did a lot of ironing and my mother tied them off and we sent them out. I do happen to have one of those quilts in my collection. I knew that people in my family quilted because I had seen uh, blocks that were not completed into tops by one of my mother's great aunts at my grandmother's house. It was a blue and white Lone Star, and I always thought that it was quite fabulous. I did learn how to knit and crochet from my mother, my grandmother's, and great-grandmother's um, tatted, and I eventually taught myself how to tat out of a book again. Remember, this is all before the internet became every day, and YouTube is where I learned to do things correctly, because believe it or not, I am left-handed, taught myself how to do many of these skills, and I did them backwards. So crafting was always part of my life. Eventually, I started music lessons and creativity then for many years, until my late teens was devoted to studying stringed instruments. But in my late teens, um, with the learning how to tat, everyone kept telling me, you know, that's an art and craft that's being lost. And it bothered me to think that a craft could be lost because not many books were out there on tatting. There were a couple on knitting and crocheting and some magazines. And I thought, it would be a great thing to do to learn all kinds of things that that way it wouldn't be lost because it could be passed down. I even learned how to 
do all kinds of domestic things such as canning and gardening during my childhood and I knew that that was part of a collective knowledge that we had but with technology advancing I was afraid that many creative endeavors would be lost. I was about 17 at the time and I kept perfecting all kinds of those handcrafted projects. In fact I made all kinds of gifts because Number one, I wanted to, but number two, because I didn't really have a lot of money to go buy things for people. So creativity has always been part of my, was basically free time. However, drawing wasn't something that I was very good at. And in fact, one thing that was said to me, and I remember in middle school by an art teacher, was that I got a C- minus in the class. She said, because I wasn't even average at being able to draw things. I remember having that really sting. And I remember also thinking I would never say something like that to anyone as I taught other people how to do some of these skills and crafts that I learned. Well, I got married pretty young and we moved to New Mexico because my husband was in the military. And I didn't have a sewing machine. I didn't have any fabric. And in fact, I didn't even have any craft supplies. And I didn't have a job. I was going to college and had a lot of free time on my hands and had no idea what I wanted to major in because we moved a couple of times. And I knew that I wasn't going to live somewhere where near a four-year university. So during this time period, I just didn't really have much direction. And during the lunch hour, I met someone who was about my grandmother's age, who was going back to school because she wanted to. And we chatted here and there. But one day she brought a book in about quilting and she shared her final English paper, which was a research paper about quilting in America. And the book she had, um, in fact, I've got a copy of it in recent years. It was Great American Quilts from 1988. It was so inspiring. And talking to her and reading her report, I told her about those Lone Stars that my grandmother had. She said she would love to see them. And I acquired two of the eight was even invited to her house and she said she would teach me how to quilt. She had a Bernina sewing machine, a studio, and in New Mexico she had a log home in a place where she had water rights and it was just the most lush green and surrounded by trees. Quite a retreat. This northern girl missed the pine trees and the heat of New Mexico was something I wasn't used to, and we did all kinds of sewing in her studio space. Quilting became something I really enjoyed. Of course, the first thing I wanted to do was learn how to sew a double wedding ring quilt after I showed her the stars. She said, why don't we start with making one star into a wall hanging, which is what we did on her Bernina sewing machine. I didn't know anything about sewing machines, and I didn't know anything about Berninas, except this was a fabulous machine. 
She taught me how to hand quilt and I love that because it really fit into the creativity that I enjoyed. I liked working with my hands. I did embroidery and this was a skill that I picked up quickly. And in fact, I hand quilted several quilts for Sue while I lived there. We did go on to make a double wedding ring sampler. She said, why don't you try it? Curve piecing is not easy. We had cardboard templates. We cut them out and we used her fabulous machine. And I did make a four ring sample and I hand quilted it. And about that time I knew a baby was coming. So I subscribed to a quilting magazine and I made a tea tiny little pinwheel quilt. I had a sewing machine that was given to me and it didn't work very well. The seams were wonky and I in fact finished the top and I threw it away because I just thought it looked horrible. This quilt is made out of scraps from my childhood. My mom had a lot of fabric saved. I bought some fabric and quite honestly, most of the yardage were some things that came from the craft box we had back home at my parents' house. I let it sit in the trash can in my sewing room for a couple of days and I got it back out um, probably about the time of year the Charlie Brown Christmas was coming out and I thought, well, this little top doesn't look so bad. I finished it. I hand quilted it, bound it, used it. It actually doesn't look too bad even looking back on it now. Well, due to a lot of circumstances and family and getting a career started, I didn't do tons of sewing and didn't make very many quilts because sewing was difficult when you didn't have a machine that was very good. I did a lot of handwork, cheater quilts and things. As my family grew and I had a little more money, um, I became more interested in fabrics. So about late 90s, a lady at church and I had read an article about a woman in a small town who made quilts for every graduate in their church. We thought it was such a great idea. Quilts should be given to other people. And a charity group was started at our church. In fact, the lady who co-chaired this committee, she invited me to her house and she showed me how to use a rotary cutter. I was thrilled because I had only ever used templates and hand sewing and cutting each piece out with scissors. And it was a very long task. And being left-handed, um, many of those things were not always easy. I was hooked. I made some curtains using pieced quilt blocks, and I still have them hanging up. They're a little dated, but I was very proud of that work. And that launched me into a second love with quilting. And I set up block exchanges with my friends. And as they say, the rest is history. I've made a lot of quilts over the years and I really enjoy all aspects of it now. I've dabbled around in designing my own quilts. I like to do all types of quilting. I have to say that I have decided over the years that I am not necessarily a traditional quilter. My big inspiration during my childhood was 1976. The centennial year quilting was big. Learning lost arts was being pushed and I really wanted to be part of all of that. 
As I got going along, I realized there were lots of fabulous collections of fabric that were in all kinds of colors, and my tastes have changed. I'll have to say, over the last few years, I've decided that I am a fusion quilter. I take every experience I have and kind of bring it all to the table, and it fuses together into an idea. I really enjoy modern quilting, but I'm not going to say that I'm a modern quilter. I still like to make some traditional quilts. I also like to do some things that are kind of a modern and old twist together. And I like to do improvisational piecing. So I have to say fusion quilting is where I live. I do long arm now. I can't do all the hand quilting that I used to do or even the hand work. I played stringed instruments as a child and through high school and most of my college years, I played a bass and my hands have a lot of arthritis in them. So I started thinking about how I could make it faster. Well, my mom bought a long arm. And she and I have always had a quilting journey together ever since my childhood. And we've lived next to each other for many years. She had the opportunity to buy one and set it up in a studio she shared with my dad. And we started long arming, made some long arm customers from our friends and some referrals from our local quilt shop. And I've been doing a lot of long arming over the last few years. Well, believe me, I still do a lot of piecing too. So that's how I got started quilting. I thought we'd start at the very beginning. I have to say um, I do a lot of other types of creative endeavors. And the biggest one that's helped me in my journey is Zentangle. I took some lessons on that three years ago. And I chair a local Zentangle group. And that has helped me with my free motion quilting. I exclusively do free motion quilting. And it's also helped me to relax my muscles and be able to think clearly while I'm trying to problem solve moving from one place to another on a quilt. I do knitting and crocheting. I have also been working on a cowl with my yarn of the month club that I've joined for the last year. I made a cowl and a table runner. So believe me, a three out of 12 projects have only been completed. So it shows you how fast of a knitter I am. I do like knitting, but I don't like making three-dimensional knits. I like making blocks. I like make, putting them together as quilts or to do strips or make simple projects to relax in the evening after work because I do have a job full-time in healthcare. Cowls are great because they are swift projects and they don't require a lot of concentration. I haven't done as much tatting in the last few years because that takes a lot of tension in my hands, but I still still do get it out from time to time and work on it. But currently, coloring books, Zentangle or doodling, because not all my drawing is Zentangle. And I do it because I want to get over a statement that was made to me in middle school from an art teacher who told me that I got a C minus in the class because my drawing was below average. And I thought, you know what, if I still think about it after all these years, then maybe it should be something that I get over. And I found that I actually can do 
Zentangle its patterns. It's simple. It's step by step. Life in my northern town. Well, it's late summer. Today is August 20th. And we have had a very long, hot summer. One thing about being in Michigan is that the weather changes often. And I'll have to say, I really complain about it a lot. It has been a hot, hot summer. We've got very little rain and the trees have already started their early maples and the changing to autumnal colors. It probably won't hit peak season until um, late September, but that has brought me, you know, to a very real thought that summer is coming to a close. We have a couple weeks and Labor Day is the end of the tourist season because I live in a tourist town and it's a bittersweet thought to think that fall is coming because that means winter's coming. However, the reward is that the tourists um, don't come to town as much until it starts snowing and we get a lot of snow a year and the tourists will come back for snowmobile and skiing. We usually get about 180, I think is our average snowfall amount, 180 inches a season. Sometimes it all comes at once, sometimes not. I don't particularly like driving and currently um, my drive to work is two miles except for two days a week. I have to drive 40 miles one way, hoping I've done that for the last couple years and I did that for a decade um, in the late 90s, hoping that uh, my work situation settles down to where I don't have to do so much. But overall, it's made me realize that, you know what, you can do anything you want to do. And I think that's what all of this is about. Blogging has taken me to social media, and then something happened this year that got me inspired to try something new. I turned 50, and I wanted to try something different in the world of making my blog relevant again, and I thought podcasting might be something I can do. I didn't realize that people podcasted from home. I thought that was only for the big international quilt stars. I found a group that were all international quilt stars. And I thought this is a great way to put show notes on my blog. There'll be pictures. Um, I do talk a lot about my everyday events on Instagram. And that's also linked on my blog. I have a few tutorials. But this podcast, I thought would be a great way to be interactive with people in the world with not very many quilters being in my area. Believe it or not, um, I live in a really small town and there aren't tons of people that I meet who quilt. I will talk about my creative inspirational quilt group um, in another podcast, but I have found a group of people to meet with monthly for that too but it's taken me years and years to get to that point. So hot August rain, fall colors coming, and it makes me realize that September is around the corner, and that's when this podcast is scheduled to launch. September always feels more like New Year to me because it's always been the school year more than January, and that marked time faster and more noticeable than anything else. So September is my new year. So this will be a start to something new. 
And we'll be talking more about what I'm working on in the next podcast. The swaps that I have been involved with, a lot of it, they're all online swaps and social media where I find inspiration. So thank you for listening. 